In the studio, I have with me this morning Shane Jurek. How are you, Shane? Good, thank you. And uh, we were wanting to talk to you about what you're doing in this election, Shane, because I think people get confused about what you're running for. Um, so I'm running in in the upper house. Yes. Uh, so generally, most of the people we see at forums and that sort of stuff, they're lower house members. Yep. Um, they're the face of the party in most areas. Um, that the community sees but the the upper house most people wouldn't realize uh, they're very valuable for the community uh, whilst they mostly look at um, uh, laws they're uh, law reviewers mm. um, they do actively um, go out there and fight for the communities but right across the state so we're a lower house member will be just for this region upper house members uh, they they lobby for items right across the state yeah so what made you decide to go for upper house versus a lower house um well i'm very passionate about um uh, helping the community mm. uh, and i'm number two on the shooters fishers and farmers ticket and i think it's a very electable position mm. to be in mm. and i will get votes from right across the state mm. um i don't think that a lower house. I don't think the area is ready for a, a lower house member of the Shooters, Fish and Farms yep. just yet. Yeah. Um, and I think I can do a lot of good for mm. the community. Mm. Um, an upper house member, a local upper house member. I mean, I was born in Windsor. I've been here. I've been a part of the community for fifty-one years. Mm. And a local upper house member could be very valuable for the area. Mm. Um, you look at someone that might get elected to the Snowy Region. They're not going to be as passionate for the Hawkesbury as a local upper yeah, house member right. would. And local uphouse members are valuable in that if they hold a press conference, people listen. Yeah. Um, and I think it's our job as an uphouse member to call out the government when they're, when they're falling short, when they're breaking promises or just not doing their yeah. job. Yeah. So uh, we, we, by voting for you in the upper house, we're voting to be represented in the upper house really, aren't we? That's correct, but um, we will also um, fight for matters that, that mm. a lower house member uh, matters. Um, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. We, we will call out those things that aren't being looked after or taken mm. care of. Uh, there's a lot of things coming our way in the near future, mm. such as raising the dam wall, yep. um, flood mitigation, the North Richmond Bridge. Yes. I think the Bells Line Road Corridor will follow shortly after the bridge yep. is put in. They're talking about uh, a population explosion, uh, an increase of 30% west of the river. Wow. Um, we believe that they'll revisit the M9 through Opal. Mm. We're, you know, fighting for flood evacuation routes and the 70-year-old promise of a pit town bypass. Yeah. Um, if we had a local upper house member years ago, we still wouldn't be fighting for a pit town bypass. Yeah. We would have called it out years ago mm. and called on the government to do their job. Yeah. You hold a press conference and you highlight the, the shortcomings of the mm. party and you embarrass them and they, mm. they come good. Yeah. Uh, I've got a good example in that uh, we recently had that Brailmite incursion at Newcastle. Yes. Um, and everyone in the in the affected areas had to come forward and destroy their hives, mm. and people were talking about hiding their hives. I mean, there, there's some tens and tens of thousands of dollars worth mm. in, in that. So I, I guess the first instinct is to protect your assets. Yeah. And during a disaster um, in the apiculture business, mm. the state government has never um, compensated amateur beekeepers. All right. Um, so when this broke out, I could see the potential of a of a disaster it could wipe out seventy percent of. Yes. The honeybee industry in Australia. For sure, yeah. And so I got onto our upper house member, Mark Benaziak. Yeah. And I told him what was going on and that we needed mm. to fund amateur beekeepers so they would come mm. forward and have their hives destroyed. Mm. And I spent an hour on the phone with Mark. I sent him an email on the particulars. He called a press conference by the end of the day. 
called on the government to do their job and fund amateur beekeepers so we don't mm. threaten the industry. Yep. And for the first time in history, the government has funded amateur beekeepers. Yep. Uh, and that's an example of how valuable upper house members can be. Yeah. When they call a press conference and call on the government to do their job, mm. people listen. People listen. And the government don't like being called upon to show where they're not really supporting either. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Mm. And we're a grassroots party. We're made up of everyday community members like yep. myself. Yeah. Um, so they really try. They're out there and they're generally representing the people. So what does um, Fishers, and, Fishers and Shoes, what do you actually stand for? What is it? Well, primarily greater representation of the yep. people. Yeah. Um, we're fighting for to, to keep our way of life, yep. our, our rights. Mm. There's lots of things happening at the moment where we've got um, um, the – technology on facial recognition mm. um there's policies coming out now that are impacting our freedoms mm. and our rights and, and primarily we're fighting for those things yeah um and, and as grassroots members we all mm. want to protect um mm. what we love yeah so voting for like talking about the hoax we'll go back to the hawkesbury um you said a big scope of what's going on but what would you say would be the three major points for you to concentrate on with the hawkesbury just three i know there's a lot and I grant that, but if you had to pick the top three, what would they be? The, the top three for me are the raising of Oregamba Dam, yep. flood mitigation, yep. and the North Richmond Bridge. Yep. So um, I, I think there's big issues around all those three. Mm. I believe they're not being looked at appropriately. Uh, I believe they love delivering the most minimum for the most minimum cost. Mm. We haven't had a government with foresight since the 50s. Yep. And they're just, it's all reactive policy. Uh, and they're not really looking into the the matters at hand that mm. are going to go into the future mm. and look after the generations mm. ahead. Mm. It's amazing because I get people to write these feasibility studies on these things and we pay, ratepayers pay heaps of money for them and then they sift through it to work out what parts they actually want to use and don't use. Yeah, everything's manipulable. Yeah. Um, even who they use to do these studies, the, mm. all this is laid out in front. Mm. Um, I mean, with Richmond Bridge, they were doing studies of where to place the bridge in, uh, from 2012, so you mm. know, 10 years ago. Yeah. And um, then all of a sudden they're talking about Bell's Line of Road Corridor. And the community says they want the bridge outside of the township to alleviate the traffic issues. Mm. Uh, and lo and behold, the bridge is going to be put right next to the other one. Yeah. And, and we will revisit the Bell's Line of Road Corridor. Mm. I, I would bet anything on it. Mm. This, this is all planned out. That They just have to get around the, the concerns of the community and they're going to push ahead with mm. what they want to do. They, they say all these wonderful words about engaging the community. But you look at... with It's a tick box. Yeah. But then you look at North Richmond Bridge and they're saying that we're still engaging with the community, but they've engaged uh, a, a mob to do a costing on building the bridge. Mm. Now, you can't give a costing on building the bridge if you don't know where you're going to put it. So they That's know where right. it's going. They've already got it mapped out. Mm. And whilst they're saying they want to engage the community, it's all manipulated and funneled down a particular path to deliver what they mm. want. You've got to wonder sometimes how, like, it's actually insulting to our intelligence, isn't it? Well, they don't consider us. We're, no, but they, they don't consider our intelligence to be able to say, well, we're going to actually look into your concerns, but we're getting a costing. Like you just yeah, said, I right. mean, that's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so, okay, then with the um, Warragam Dam Wall and the flood uh, mitigation, would you call that sort of – would that be a hand-in-hand, hand, do you think, or do you think they're well, two think separate issues? Well, I think it's definitely hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, they're using flood mitigation as a reason for mm. raising the dam wall, mm. but we've outgrown – the Sydney Basin's outgrown 
the water security that Warragamba Dam can offer. Mm. Um, in the 60s, they were supposed to build Colo Dam. Yes. Um, and they were told to load the trucks, get the tools on the trucks and go out there and start. And as they loaded the trucks, the call come through and they dropped the project. Yeah. Now we've outgrown Warragamba. Yeah. If we, I mean, we've got community members asking us to revisit the Colo Dam issue. Mm. Yeah, I've um, heard that. And if we had Colo Dam, I'm just trying to that, if we had Colo Dam, we could use Warragamba Dam totally for mitigation. Yes. But I have also seen it flood here without any water being released from Warragamba. Mm. And I've also seen it flood here without us having any rain. Mm. So there's quite a few things that impact the flooding in this area. Mm. And one of the things we need to look at seriously is... Um, doing something with the choke at Sackville. And, right. and they've done a study on yeah. this. And there's some very real things they can do. Mm, like what? So, well, they can do a causeway over several oh, okay. properties uh, and negate such a massive section of the yep, river. Yep. And they can do it at a height that once the river reaches a certain a certain height, it flows mm. over some properties yep. and um, goes out to the sea much quicker. Okay. And, and if we had water retention at Colo, that wouldn't be causing a choke there mm, as well. That's right. And it's two massive things they can yeah. do as well as early release of Warragamba. Yeah. And we could really, you know, grab this flood by the by the neck and do something. Do you know, it's positive. funny that I, I've spoken to, well, I, I, I've got Robin coming on after you, but every uh, candidate slash politician, whatever you want to call yourselves, not one of you have agreed with the raising of the wall. Yeah, it's got some serious issues, um, many things actually. Mm. And I mean, it's it's built, the dam's built next to a fault. And, yeah. and it's also, the sandstone mountains, they can't retain a raising of the wall. Um, in the too 60s, porous, isn't it? Sorry? It's too porous sandstone for that. Yeah, um, it'll shear. It's yeah. done in layers and yeah. it'll shear off at a layer. Mm. And this was highlighted in the 60s once the dam was completed. The engineers mm. at the time said they will never raise the wall because mm. the sandstone mountains can't hold it. Mm. Now, I don't think that engineers of today have overcome those issues. Mm. Um, and, and they're going to... What's expected is they'll, they'll raise this wall and it'll shear off from the mountain and open mm. up like a door. Yeah. And we'll wipe the Sydney Basin off the map. Yeah. Uh, and these are very real concerns. But they, the government will politicise this and they'll force this through and they'll, they'll put pressure on engineers mm. to get this done because it's the mm. cheapest thing. Mm. It'll give them a bit of water security. It'll mm. give them an opportunity to build on the floodplain. And it'll tick a few boxes for them. And they'll push this through whether it's the right thing or not. Mm. And, I mean, how... Can we trust the government? And how can we trust the engineers that are under pressure from the government? They, when they gave us Windsor Bridge, they said, Ray Williams said, this will be flood-free. And it's gone under what, five times or something yeah. in a couple of years. Yeah. So take that. Take that picture and that attitude and apply that to Warragamba Dam. Can we trust them? Because you're mm. going to be trusting them with your lies if they get it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, because the um, – well, I mean, I hope that the Hawkesbury doesn't see the amount of flooding as we've seen. You know, six floods, I think it was all up that we had. So I'm hoping we don't see that again. Like, we learn from it. Like, I was talking, I think it could have been to Danielle that said to me this morning that, you know, down at, and I think Eddie said it too, that down in uh, St Albans, you know, they're absolutely really great what they've done there and they've worked out by their own selves how to get around and creating that community so that they can support each other two ways, all that that they're doing. But, I mean, that's great we've done that. It's great that they've done that to find that out, St Albans. But now that we've learnt what these many floods are, now that we know the problems, and we've seen a lot of problems, and we've even had a flood report that's been written but unfortunately concentrated not as much on Hawkesbury, I would hope that in this instance of us having floods that 
some of the candidates that are going in, maybe a different government, whatever, would look at evacuation ways, look at the water drainage and where it's draining into, look at the flood mitigation, as you say, the building of the Colo River. You know, when someone said to me, I think it could have been Tony Pettit that said, um, doing like a Hydro Majestic sort of scheme, is that a possibility? I mean, looking for the people. Um, yeah, it's definitely definitely stuff we can do. We, we can do a, a hydroelectricity scheme at, at, uh, at Warragamba. Um, we can shift the water elsewhere. We can look at damming further up the river. There's so many things that they're not putting forward. Mm. They, they say they want the people to have a say, but they put through such mm. a small amount of information and mm. they, they give you a choice that of, you know, it's usually something bad that no one wants, then, they, then a choice of what they want to deliver. Mm. They, they don't give you the, a vast array of things and, mm. and where you can take a look as a community and say, well, this is going to benefit the community yeah. altogether. Uh, I mean, we had you look at the Castlereagh connection. Mm. They, they've got a green corridor set aside, or a corridor set aside, to put the highway through to London Dairy. Mm. And it was, um, even with Barry Farrell, he had a plan of crossing uh, very south on Springwood Road. Mm. Uh, and I mean, you could have a highway that runs along the edge of the, um, uh, the, the National forest there mm. and you could give Bowen Mountain another fire escape mm. uh, and this thing can come out near uh, west of um, Carradrong Heights. Mm. Um, there's Burrow Road up there, this thing can come out at Burrow Road at Bilpin. Mm. There's so much they can look at and mm. they're just not doing it. They want to do the most minimum for the most minimum cost, just mm. enough to to win on social media and get some mm. likes and, and get re-elected. And one of the things is that we had that bridge that's being built that, of course, the Wilcox property was a major um, talking piece through that that had to be done by Red Bank. And yet the one that they're doing for Transport New South Wales is what I've heard is a different one. So does that mean we'll end up with three bridges? I uh, don't think so. Because um, I think that when we spoke about that, um, I think it was uh, down at one of those meetings on South E Road that they were saying that they can't put the funds together to create one. And you being in the upper house would be able to look into that from that perspective to see what would be the best use of funds to do something like that, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. And very from the very beginning, we need to look at the most appropriate place to, to put bridges. Oh, totally. We're, we're going to end up, by the time they get this right, we're going to be the city of bridges. They're going to have that many bridges here mm. to get what right, what we should have had done right mm. in the first place. Mm. I mean, in 2018, I was calling out Windsor Bridges a white elephant mm. and everyone was laughing at me. Mm. And we, look, it's gone under so many times now. We need a bypass. We need to get it out of Windsor, just the same as we need to get the traffic out of out of Richmond. Yeah. No matter what they put in Richmond, it's not going to help the traffic at Kermont and it's not going to help the traffic at Windsor Downs. Mm. This thing needs to be out of the area. And, and as soon as they put the bridge in, they're going to be looking at Bell's Line of Road Corridor again. We need to get it out of the area. We need to stop impacting homes. And if we do have to impact homes... We need to look at the Acquisitions Act. We need to get it away yes. from being pure theft of the people. Mm. We need to compensate people appropriately so they can go by like for like. Mm. There's so much that they need to be doing. Mm. And a local upper house member is going to be very valuable because that's the sort yeah. of stuff that I'm going to be calling on the government to get correct mm. and do right for the people. Mm. So when they see your name in there, Shane, they know that you'll be on the upper house. It is different to the lower house, so different to Daniel Wheeler, Robin Preston, uh, Amanda Kotlosh. Uh, Tony Pettit, Eddie Dominasi. I think I think I said that right. Dogamachi. <laughs> Dogamachi. Yep. Thank you. Uh, yep. I, they'll, I think they'll be on the small ticket and I'll be on the large oh, ticket. Right. And, I mean, you can just put one shooters, fishers and farmers for the upper house. Yep. And um, 
Robert Borzak is a good guy, yep. good, genuine fella. And we've yep. had, years ago, we've had um, upper house members of the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers out here championing for Hawkesbury um, rights and for mm. the rights of the people in Hawkesbury before. Mm. So, But um, we've got a lot of candidates running across the state. Yep. And if I get a bit of support um, from my community here in the Hawkesbury, yep. I think it'll be enough to get me in as well. Yeah. And, um, and that's what we need here, yeah. a, a champion for the people so on these matters. can people vote in both? They vote for lower and upper? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Yeah, that's um, right. So we'll people don't have to both. think that if they vote for you that that's not allowing them to vote for the other candidates no, because you're in a different section. Yeah, that's right. There's, there'll be two tickets you're voting yes. on. Um, there'll be a smaller ticket for lower house and the, and the big large ticket is, yeah. is for the upper house. Yep. yep. So you'll be voting for both. Most people don't consider the upper house. They don't realise how valuable it is. Mm. And, and if they vote for the lower house, they then automatically follow the how to vote of the lower house a leaflet yes, they give you, yes, and they just blindly vote for who the lower house member mm. says. But in this instance, I think we need to consider mm. who's going to best fight for your rights in the lower house, mm. and then vote for me in the upper house, and mm. I will be fighting to make sure that your lower house member delivers as they said. Okay, so we've got it there. If you want to vote on, well, you have to vote anyway, I think it is, but when you're voting, don't just look at that big ticket and just follow. Actually... Take your own self now and, like, lead and make your decision for yourself. Uh, Shane's coming up from the local uh, area. He's there. He's wanting to get into the upper house to support the Hawkesbury people. And there's no one else in the Hawkesbury that is in that upper house, correct? I think I think there could be uh, an animal justice party member that's no, encouraged. I haven't I seen them. Yeah. Yeah. But, look, I, I think... Other than that, this, yep. this is the first time we've had a, yep. a a local person with a really good chance yep. of being in the upper house. Okay, excellent. Thanks for coming and chatting with us this morning. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Shane.